Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. Good Saturday morning to you. It is Drive Time Radio. I'm New York Vinny, and uh, we are together here again on a Saturday morning, as uh, we are every Saturday morning from 8 uh, to 9. I mean, that's what we try to do. We try to talk about the things that matter in life, and cars tends to be one of those things. Uh, You know, today is going to be a little bit of a different show. We're going to talk to John Vincent, uh, the president of the Northwest uh, uh, Motor Press Association, NWAPA, uh, Northwest Automotive Press Association. And uh, we held our annual Mudfest event on uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday out at the Alderbrook Resort uh, and uh, the track out there in Shelton. And uh, it was uh, a success. It was uh, extremely um, interesting to go to an event. Really, that was the first big event I had been to in a while, uh, automotive event. I mean, I've gone to a couple of baseball games and stuff like that, but it was interesting to um, be there and be among other people. Everybody was 100% vaccinated. You had to be vaccinated to attend the event. the safety protocols were followed. Cars were disinfected uh, between people getting in and out of them. And I know you can't catch every, you know, you can't get everything, but there was a reasonable expectation of uh, safety uh, that uh, the uh, Nuwapa had done uh, this right. And uh, so a little later in the show, we'll talk to John Vincent about that event. And uh, the Winners are embargoed until Monday, but we'll see if maybe we can get John to uh, crack under pressure. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Also, we're going to talk to my good friend, Mike Bianchi, uh, who does something really cool. He hasn't done it in a year or so. Uh, well, more than a year or so, and that is uh, the Cucumber Derby that he does down in Tacoma. They set up a track, and people put together cars made out of cucumbers. Yes, folks, cucumbers. And they do this out in front of his house in Tacoma, and it's a great event, and I did a video on it many years ago, and it's the first time I'm going back in about 10 years, uh, maybe even a little bit more, uh, to attend it tonight down in Tacoma. And I wanted to get Mike on and just talk about this great event that he and a friend of his founded years ago. And, um, you you know, it doesn't benefit a charity. It's just a bunch of people that get together, stick axles through cucumbers and see who can win. And I guess you win the cucumber cup, but it's a great event. It's uh, one of those things where you get together with people that you haven't seen for a long time. And both the kids and the adults and everybody can compete on the same level. And just like in any competition, there's people that get serious about it, almost too serious. Then there's people, but for the most part, people are having fun, having a glass of wine, talking to their neighbors and, um, you know, enjoying themselves, which we need in this world. We need um, places to go and people to uh, 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 hang out with that enable us to enjoy ourselves. Also, 
Um, we're going to do something a little different today. You know, it is the 20th anniversary of September 11th, 9-11. And uh, I think we all remember where we were on that day. And I started thinking about, well, you know, what can I do to commemorate it? What can I do to, because it was such a profound event in my life. And we always tell stories about where we were, what were we doing? And it occurred to me on this 20th anniversary that it's not about where we were. It's all about where the victims were. It's all about where the tragedies happened. Three sites in our country, uh, the World Trade Center being the most prominent of them all, but also the Pentagon and the field in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. I have been um, to the World Trade Center Memorial, uh, as I also was down uh, when it first uh, was attacked. Uh, for Seattle fans, uh, you know, they remember that, Seattle baseball fans remember that year all too well. And it just occurred to me that, that this is not about me. This is not about where I was, where you was, where anybody was. This is about where these people were. And I um, always, it's been a tradition of mine, and I'm doing it right now. It's on the background here. Uh, listen to the reading of the names of the people that perished for two reasons. Number one, to honor them. And number two, because I know people that perished in September 11th. And it's one thing when you hear the names, it's one thing when you uh, listen to the names and hear the, uh, the emotion in the people's voices. But when they get to the names of people that you know, people whose lives you participated in, people who dated your sister, people who... Um, you know, you went to parties with and you know it, it is about them. It's about what was stolen from us on that day, stolen from their families. Uh, so in keeping with that, uh, we'll observe a quick, uh, not a quick moment, but a, a moment of silence this morning, uh, a moment to reflect, a moment to think about those people who lost their lives that day in those three locations who were victims of, of these cruel terrorists and who in one case was brave enough to take a vote on a plane and say, let's put this thing down so we don't kill more people. We'll sacrifice ourselves for the greater good. And if there is no lesson there for you in these times we live in, and I don't know what is. A couple of quick news notes for you. If you are thinking about buying a car, a new car, man, this chip shortage is wreaking havoc on the automotive industry. I think I, I, I read a piece this week that said that dealer inventories are around 30% of what they would normally be at this time of year. There are 
probably close to a million cars sitting in lots, in storage lots, in different places waiting for uh, chips, which might not be coming for a while, which might not um, make it here for a while because the chip shortage has many different uh, pieces to it. It's not just that they can't get the, uh, you know, the, the silicon chips to put in the uh, uh, systems in these cars to get them going, but it's also that the time it takes to make a chip from start to finish, uh, the materials that it takes, the water that it takes to make a chip. I mean, it's, it's an extremely environmentally unfriendly way to do things. And while you have the automakers waiting for chips, you also have everything else, everybody else, phone makers, appliance makers, everybody else is waiting for chips because we live in a society now where everything is run by these chips. We have truly given our lives over to computers. And so if you are in the market for a new car, my advice to you right now is do not buy. Either try to hang on to your car longer until this blows over, which will probably be sometime in 2022, or uh, lease, if you need a new car, lease. Look for as short a term as you can find on a lease. And go that route so you're not tied into a car for five, six, seven years. So that you're able to get rid of that car or give that car back after three years or two years. Um, depending on the lease and so on and so forth. And you can then go out if you want to buy a car or buy a car and, and negotiate it in a, in a better position. Right now, there's no position for you. There aren't a lot of cars out there. And it's extremely tough to... Uh, to go into a dealership now and, and negotiate because most dealerships are at least at sticker price. And some of the more unscrupulous ones, and I don't know if I want to call them unscrupulous for charging over sticker, but it's a reality of the situation. There's a supply and demand problem and uh, they have the supply and you have the demand. And in normal times, you go into a... Uh, a dealership and you negotiate a price and boom, you're done, that's it, that's all. But right now, that's not happening. Right now, for you to go and get a, uh, for you to go and get a car, buy a car at a dealership, you're gonna pay premium price. You're gonna pay more. Now, if you need the car, yeah, you might say, okay, but when you go to sell that car, what are you going to have? Now, you may get a little bit more on your trade-in right now. Um, you know, people are selling cars to Carvana and so on and so forth because 
the prices on used cars are incredible right now. I mean, people are selling their, their cars for overbook because companies like Carvana and CarMax need cars. Gotta have them. That's what they do. They sell cars. They don't have the service department. You see, a dealer has a service department. So while they're not selling new cars, they can still make money and a, a pretty good piece of their money by getting you in for service. You'll probably notice that if you have a new car or a few-year-old car and it's maybe coming toward the end of warranty, you'll probably get more emails from the deal, bring it in for this, this change, that change, this fluid flush, that thing, the other thing. And that's um, right now, that's their probably their largest profit center. Many dealerships, it is the largest profit center, probably right after finance. You know, when you sit in that office and they try to sell you every extended warranty and everything else that, uh, you know, what, what is one of the ones that I see that I like? The door glass etching. They etch your serial number into the door glass. So I guess when thieves break it, they know whose car they're breaking into. But those are things, the add-ons that dealers make a ton of money at. That's why they can sell you the car at uh, below sticker price because of incentives from the factory and the, um, the you know, the add-ons, the, the finance room stuff, the hot box items, I like to call them. So that's a word to the wise on, on buying cars right now. If you can hang on to your car, if you have to dump a few hundred or maybe even a thousand into it, uh, to fix it, to put new tires on it, to do whatever you need to do. Hang on to your car. This will get better. All right. Um, I was at an event this week, uh, one of my favorite events in automotive, um, in, in, in my automotive landscape. Uh, why? Because I get to get together with old friends and car representatives and we get to talk and have a good time and have dinner and get caught up on the industry and find out what's going on. And uh, one of the people who put this uh, event together, and it's been put together for years, uh, it's called Mudfest, and it uh, is exactly what it says. Uh, we take cars and uh, you know four-wheel drives and ride them around first on a track, then uh, through a off-road course and see how durable they are and try to come up with the best cars for Northwest drivers. And we award that, um, that particular uh, a prize, uh, a trophy, to uh, a number of categories of cars in different uh, sizes and classes so that uh, when you go out to shop, you can find uh, what we think is the best car for the Northwest lifestyle. John Vincent uh, writes for US News and World Report. He also is the president of uh, the Northwest Automotive Press Association. But even more importantly, he is a longtime friend and a good guy. And he joins us right now, John Vincent. Good morning, how are you, my friend? Good morning, Vinny, how are you? I'm good, man, I'm surviving uh, as much as uh, 
I think we all did by the uh, by about three o'clock on Thursday afternoon. We were all kind of done, huh? Um, you know, driving off road takes a bit out of you. It really does. It's real. I uh, I always you know I'm not a big off roader. I take vehicles up into the into the mountains and take them on some of the forest roads, the logging roads, and so on and so forth. But I'm not one of those people that go deep into the woods because I try to figure out what would happen if I got stuck out here. Um, and, and, but the bumps, the grinds, the in and out, so on and so forth really takes a, takes a little bit of a toll on you. Maybe, you know, it's probably a young person's sport, uh, recreation, but yeah, it does. It knocks you for a loop, man. No, not a young person's game because it's just the old guys who have all the knowledge. Yeah, we know how to go over those logs without shooting them out the side of the uh, the assembly, don't we? Yep. Well, we had 19 vehicles out there this year, spanning from the Mazda CX-30 all the way up to the Ram 1500 TRX pickup truck. And uh, it was the widest, broadest selection of vehicles we've ever had out there. Yeah, it really was a wide spectrum. I mean, amazing since you had for whatever reason, some manufacturers uh, pull out and not participate because of COVID uh, this year and other things that were going on. But yet, I think there was a great cross-representation of what people, what cars people shop in the Northwest. How do you, how do you determine, uh, John, which of the cars uh, the manufacturers get invites? So we try and look at those that are tuned best for, you know, the Northwest lifestyle. So we're looking for all-wheel drive, generally four-door, um, the, the cars that are selling, the cars that um, have won up here before. And we just kind of pare down what's, what's new and interesting in the marketplace and bring back some, you know, some, some old standards as well. And uh, then go see what's, uh, what's the best this year. And, um, and I know that in talking to manufacturers over the years, uh, that this event is regarded as one of the top events in the country for them to get feedback from journalists and from, um, uh, you know, people who, uh, who write about these cars. It allows them not to just look at a review that we write or uh, what we talk about on the radio or television, but also... Uh, for them to get a little ear to the ground, practicals, roll up your sleeves, knowledge about what's going on in the marketplace up here. Yep, you know, we this is our 26th year of doing this. This we we have some experience in you know knowing what our customers want and what what our readers want, um, and the car industry's customers want. Um, and it's different than the rest of the country. People up here they use the capabilities of an SUV whether it's, you know, on a weekend adventure or, you know, those three days a week in, or three days a year in uh, Seattle that gets snow, we actually use these vehicles for what they're for. What, what makes a, a Northwest vehicle uh, besides the all-wheel drive? I mean, that, that is, is probably the obvious one, but are there other factors uh, that go into consideration, John, when, when we say a Northwest type of vehicle? Sure, you want some you want some room um, because you know we have rain, so you need a lot of interior room. You want to be able to carry your stuff inside the car if you can. Uh, roof racks and pickup beds are great, but you know that's not a good four season solution. So um, 
they need to have some room. They need to have, like we said, all-wheel drive, uh, some ground clearance, because not all those Forest Service roads uh, are necessarily that smooth, so you don't want to you know, leave your mufflers behind. Uh, it's those kind of things that we look for in a Northwest uh, outdoor activity vehicle. Yeah, it really is um, uh, you know, fascinating. You, you hit on it before of how different we look for things here in the Northwest as opposed to, and, and I was just back in Pittsburgh for 10 years, and what they shop there is quite different than what we shop here. Yes, and also in the Northwest, we don't look at the origin of the vehicle as much as many parts of the country. Uh, we have a very, very strong import presence here, and it shows up in, um, in the SUVs that people buy. It was really interesting to me, and I, I don't want you to give anything away. By the way, we're talking to John Vincent, president of NAWAPA, uh, and uh, one of the people who put Mudfest together. They are uh, one of our annual events that we uh, in NAWAPA put together to test vehicles out and also help raise money for scholarships at, uh, uh, in automotive journalism at uh, some of the area colleges, uh, which is a good thing that we do every year, present those scholarships. And uh, um, what uh, there's there's um, a new class of vehicle that, that we saw, maybe not so new. Uh, there's been vehicle like it, vehicles like it before, but the uh, Hyundai Santa Cruz was, I think, the most intriguing vehicle to me at this event because it represented something that that. I think people in the Northwest are going to really like it's all wheel drive. It, it's, it's, if you haven't seen one, it's uh, almost like an El Camino. It's a four door car with a pickup bed. It's a car, not a truck, a car with a pickup bed that you can, I call it the perfect garage sale car because you can drive this car along. And if you come to a garage sale and you want to put a, a couch or a, you know, a chair that stands upright and it won't fit in the back of an SUV, you can get it into the back of this thing with the cover or is that, I mean, I, I looked at that and I said, you know what, if you live in Seattle, this is kind of like the perfect vehicle for you because you get a little bit of everything uh, in this thing. What, what were your, are we looking at a new type of vehicle uh, here that will, that we're going to see other manufacturers um, kind of copy or, uh, and is this the dawn of the age of the small pickup truck? Or are we seeing just uh, Hyundai going out and having some fun? I think there's a little bit, little bit of all of that in there. I think that um, it's not a new class. I mean, we've had little pickup trucks before, but um, this is kind of more like a crossover with a bed instead of, you know, say an SUV with a bed, which is a crew cab pickup truck. This is more of a crossover, a softer vehicle with a bed, and it's not going to be the only one for long because the Maverick, uh, the Ford Maverick, is right on its heels. And there are some rumors of some other ones out there. It's really interesting in that um, it has that ride and comfort of a car, but a little bit of utility. I mean, the bed is not, not really big, but it's there. And it may be one of those vehicles where people want it because they know they can, not necessarily because they know they need. Right, right, right. And it's, it, I looked at it, matter of fact, I'm driving it this week, and I thought, wow, a, you know, perfect second car if you own a house. 
you know, we have to go down to Home Depot, you have to go here, have to go there, pick stuff up. It's a, or if you have a, a service business where you're, you're, you know, going out servicing computers or something like that, or, or, you know, small appliance, you know, some kind of deal like that. Uh, great on gas, good pep. And, uh, and uh, it, it goes over hill and over dale. Uh, surprising. Uh, I was actually surprised at how well it handled the off-road course. It did very well out there. It was impressive. What were what were some of your favorites? I mean, I, I, you know, I know that the winners that they've come up, uh, I haven't seen them yet. And I know that we're not supposed to say which actual vehicles won until Monday. But, John, tell us anyway. What the heck? Nobody's listening but just you and I. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know I can't do that. But uh, let's talk about some of uh, some of my favorites out there. Yeah, um, the little Mercedes-Benz GLB 250. It was like the little SUV that could. It was fantastic on the track, and it didn't let us down at all on the off-road. Um, for one of the least expensive Mercedes vehicles you can get, it's uh, it was phenomenal out there. Uh, it's, it may not be the prettiest Mercedes. But it's uh, it works very well. Gets the job done. I, I had that vehicle, um, uh, drove that vehicle for a while, and and it there wasn't anything it didn't do. Uh, you know, which is always my criteria. Does it do what it's designed to do? Yeah, we had the new um, Jeep Wagoneer out. Uh, very interesting vehicle, based on the Ram fifteen hundred platform. It is essentially Jeep's answer to the Chevy Tahoe and Chevy Suburban. Impressive technology. Uh, it's not trail rated because of its size, but it's still a Jeep. It still could go anywhere we asked it to go without any drama at all. Uh, that, that vehicle is going to do very well for the company. Yeah, you can see that that, uh, that and then of course, the uh, like all the Jeep products that uh, they brought, uh, and I know that they win a lot uh, in these categories. They Listen, they, they build Jeeps right. Uh, you know, little glitches come here and there, but they know how to build a car to go off-road with. And now they, uh, hopefully, uh, if everything goes right, people will see that they also know how to uh, build a car that uh, competes with the Escalade, uh, the Mercury, you know, uh, Mercury's listen to me, the Lincolns, and uh, the big, uh, uh, you know, Shet luxury SUVs that people seem to... Uh, buy as many as they can print it, it exactly i mean that that vehicle is going to do very well for jeep um another interesting vehicle out there that you don't think of taking off-road was the acura mdx uh it uh it performs phenomenally on the track it just it's an acura it just gets out there and, and goes like you expect an acura to go um on the off-road it was kind of like kind of like the car was saying you want me to do what okay fine i'll do it i'll do it and i'll do it really well but don't make me do it again <laughs> uh yeah really um <clears throat> you know the acura and also the honda the ridgeline uh you know a larger uh, uh pickup truck that um is what i like to call an urban pickup truck because you can park them on a city street with uh, a minimum of people stopping and watching to see if you can really do it. Um, uh, both uh, excellent vehicles and surprisingly agile and good off-road. Yep. 
So uh, one other vehicle out there that was um, fantastic, uh, and you're going to be hearing a lot more about this vehicle and this brand over the next couple of years, was the Genesis GV80. Genesis is the luxury arm of Hyundai. So the GV, I'm sorry, GV70. GV80 is their larger vehicle. The GV70 is the vehicle we had in the in the event. Uh, for a vehicle that's not designed to ever leave the pavement, it was fabulous off-road. No drama at all. No special off-road modes. It has an electronic limited slip differential that allowed it to, you know, it kind of paused and thought about it for a second and then just went, okay, this is what I need to do. I'll do it. And plowed on through. And when you look at, um, if you're one of those people that like the detail of a vehicle, that like the design, uh, I mean, all the, you know, the Hyundai Kias have, uh, have really taken over as uh, wonderfully designed vehicles, the Genesis Hyundai Kia, all for the same group. Um, but boy, just some of the attention to detail in the Genesis, um, you just don't find in many other uh, vehicles that you can take off the beaten path, or actually, for that matter, any vehicle that you can take on the beaten path. Exactly. Yeah, I was I was very impressed. I mean, I've been been impressed with every uh, Genesis I've driven so far. They're just uh, they're quality cars. Uh, they didn't make the same mistake that Kia made with their uh, uh, K900. Uh, they took the brand out and they said, "Okay, we'll make this a separate brand." and people will go by a Genesis where they would not want to show up to the country club in a Hyundai. And uh, they played it perfectly. So we had um, one other groundbreaking vehicle in the event this year, and that was the first plug-in vehicle we've ever had in Mudfest, the Toyota RAV4 Prime. Uh, plug-in hybrid. It One of the fastest Toyotas in the lineup. I believe the only faster Toyota they have right now is the Supra. <laughs> The RAV4 Prime lays down better than 300 horsepower, can go on electric only for several miles a day, um, and then it just switches over and acts as a normal hybrid. Great vehicle. Um, they didn't bring enough of them in the United States this year, so they sold every one they, they brought in within minutes. Um, hopefully they will bring in more next year because it is a great vehicle. Yeah, it really is. Um, <clears throat> it... Uh... I was so impressed. Uh, I mean, I was impressed the first time I saw it, uh, but you're right. You can't get one. I talked my friend into buying one, actually. Uh, and then when it was time to find one for her, you couldn't find one. They were, they were done. So she wound up going with the regular hybrid. But, man, that, that is one, uh, you know, it again, it does everything that you wanted to do here in the Northwest. It's environmentally conscious. It's quick. It has some speed to it. It's a good-looking vehicle, and it's spacious inside. You can carry stuff in there. You can uh, stretch out. Even a big guy like me can stretch out a little bit in that car, and uh, for its size, it feels um, inside so much bigger than it really is. So I guess no discussion on Mudfest would be complete until we talk about the Ford Bronco. Yes, we must talk about the Ford Bronco, the most controversial car. Uh, I, I guess it's come out this year for a number of different reasons and a number of different models. It, um, its capabilities are outstanding. I mean, it's the first vehicle that can compete with the Jeep Wrangler. Um, 
in in the places where the Jeep has had pretty exclusive rain for decades. Yeah. Build quality on the one we had in the event, um, not quite sure. Uh, they'll get that sorted out, but um, they have some work to do on that vehicle. Is it because you think they rushed it to get it out there or... Um, you know, I mean, geez, that first concept came out 20 years ago, and I don't know what the rush, what the rush was, but it seems like the things are are problems that, given more time, probably could have been fixed uh, as far as fit and finish and things like that. It's a beautiful vehicle. I mean, it has just incredible um, uh, a presence. Uh, the driving dynamics are good. The off-road capabilities are fantastic. Yet. Uh, you know, the top doesn't fit right, or the steering wheel's a little bit off. Or this, you know, you go through it, and there's four or five things that you see that you just go, boy, couldn't they have fixed this? I think they, they will fix it, and they, they have to fix it. Uh, <clears throat> I think part of it is just the timing of when it came out and all of the communications that needed to happen to get it done right maybe didn't happen as they should have. Um, the roof is a supplier issue it's not a ford issue but you know ford has to answer for it because it's their vehicle uh you know it it's fantastic though i was impressed with it both on road and off road we were taking it on a track you know you're not supposed to take a bronco on a track but uh for being on massive off-road tires it did fantastic yeah it's uh that uh is going to be such a huge hit, I think, for them, not just here in the Northwest, but all over the country. Uh, it's a vehicle that, <clears throat> you know, nowadays it's different than that when you, you know, years ago when you bought these things, you know, you got it basically from the factory. You had to go take it to a four-wheel drive place and get new shocks put in, do this, do that. The Bronco gives you the ability to go into the showroom, sit down, and say, I want uh, the KYB shocks. I want this. I want that. I want this all the stuff that you would have normally gone to an outfitter and gotten uh on your vehicle you can now uh, order it straight from the factory with a warranty with a warranty and financing yeah i mean you don't have to have uh, another 20 grand in the in the bank to get your uh, to get your vehicle done and i thought that they're actually reasonably priced the broncos i mean uh, it's not uh you know, it, it, it's not a car that you look at and say, wow, it's you know, a nice car, but it's like a Tesla. It's a bit out of my reach or something. Like, you know, I'm never going to be able to get one of those. You can, um, if you don't go hog wild, you can get yourself into that car. Exactly. I mean, when you look at it compared to uh, one of the Jeeps that we had in the event, uh, it was a, a downright bargain. Uh, yeah. The, uh, we had the Wrangler Rubicon 392. Uh, Wrangler Unlimited Rubicon 392 with a sticker yeah. price of $83,000. That's that's an expensive Wrangler. And worth every penny if you love loud, boisterous, fast, um, almost unusable vehicles. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say unusable, but um, you can certainly wake the neighbors up with it if you leave early on a Saturday morning. Oh, yeah. And the birds and the lions and the tigers and the bears. I mean, it's, you know, it's interesting. It seems to be a race, John, to um, see how fast we can get through the woods to grandma's house. 
uh, not just uh, on a drag strip, but, uh, you know, you see all these high horsepower vehicles uh, in their off-road manifestations now. It's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting way for the industry to go. I'm, I'm, I'm not quite, I'm not quite sure the point of it, but it sure is fun. Yeah, I mean, you know, especially uh, the Ram uh, uh, TRX too. I mean, that um, that truck is a uh, you know, is a hoot. I mean, it's loud, it's boisterous, it's powerful, it's fast. It'll pull a house down. Um, I don't know if everybody's going to go out and buy one, but boy, oh boy, if you get a chance to rent one or drive one for a week, uh, you'll jump at it. I mean, you can't wait to, uh, to to jump into that truck and take it up to Darrington or Arlington and have a, have a little fun with it. Oh yeah. That truck is, that truck is a monster. It makes absolutely no sense, but it makes sense in just being the most ridiculous thing on the block. It's, I love that truck. I, I can't explain why, but I well, love the that same truck. way. I would never, I, I could never justify buying one, but yet, unless I had, you know, baseball player money, but yet there's something about it that just touches, you know, it's like the, um, it's the macho thing, you know, it gets, it gets what's left of our testosterone moving and boiling and grooving. And, and I don't know if it's the rumble in the seat from the mufflers, or what it is, but man, it's something about getting in that thing that just makes you feel quien las mucho macho. When it first came out and a bunch of us were driving it or different places in the country, we were all competing to see who could get the lowest mileage. And uh, <laughs> I got eight MPG and I was nowhere near the lowest. Oh uh, yeah, I could imagine. Yeah, I could I could do damage to that that thing. Wow. I got it, 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 yeah. You, if you couldn't get in around four, man, you weren't trying, right? Exactly. <laughs> Somebody in the Midwest who had it in the snow and was, you know, spinning the wheels without moving uh, was able to get it down to six. Oh man, what uh, John? Before we let you go to Future of Mudfest uh, and um, our our events, I mean, it's such such spectacular events for the riders, but the public benefits because we really do go through these vehicles pull out the trash and, and, and give you what the, um, you know, what, what great vehicles you can go out and shop that fit the lifestyle and fit the, uh, you know, the Northwest driver. I mean, we do a lot of research on these vehicles, not just driving them, but also looking at what people are driving and trends and talking to uh, different dealers and, and reps. Um, the future of Mudfest looks good. I mean, everything with the, uh, you know, for 2022, will be uh, hopefully uh, more participation and uh, and a little a little. Um, what am I trying to say here? The, the, you you really did a great job, I guess is what I'm trying to say, at, at pulling off an event in in a weird time. And, and really, when you think about it, so many people are not able to do this right now. Yet, I I don't think there was a time at Mudfest we ever felt uh, in danger or unsafe. People wore masks, and they didn't. You know, I mean, everybody just kind of adhered to the simple rules you set out uh, and, and you have to be you and perry stern will also um uh, put everything together or, or be commended for that because you guys uh, did a great job the word challenging is overused but this event was challenging to put on um the future of this event is going to be interesting because the future of this event is going to be electric i am guessing that this is the first or this will be the last year that we have a mud fest 
that doesn't have an electric vehicle in it. Because by middle of next year, we'll have Rivian, we'll have Ford F-150 Lightning, we'll have Hummer, we'll have a number of electric vehicles that qualify for the event in both SUVs and pickups. And it will be fun to have them out there and see what an electric vehicle can do up against the best gasoline SUVs and pickups on the market. Yeah, that, that, uh, the Ridge Motorsport Park, which uh, hosted us down there, um, a great facility. Uh, if, you, you know, if you're having a, an event that, um, that uh, requires you to have a track or you want that automotive environment uh, to have an event or, or um, you know, go out and, and take your car club out there, the Ridge is definitely uh, a place that you should be looking at. What a fine facility they have uh, built out there. But I'll tell you what. Uh, they better uh, start figuring out how to put some charges up out there because I got a funny feeling you are exactly right that next year we're going to be um, uh, looking at a lot of electric vehicles because that certainly is uh, part of the Northwest lifestyle. Absolutely it is. John, it's so good to uh, hear you. It was good to see you over the three days. Um, thank you so much for uh, putting on, uh, you know, and, 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 being our, our fearless leader, our general patent of, uh, of automotive associations. <laughs> yeah, you really did a great job, man. Well, thank you, Vinny, and thank you for coming out and supporting the group and uh, putting us on the radio. Um, this is fantastic. Well, you know, John, we need to do more of this. I, I, I truly believe that we need to get people uh, more aware of what we do so that they can be uh, better educated consumers, you know, uh, it, it, we, we perform a service uh, to people that, uh, and hopefully uh, they will look us up and, uh, and and talk to us if they have a decision about a vehicle or send us an email. You go to our website at uh, uh, nwapa.org and find out more about the organization and uh, what we do and how we do it. And, yep, and uh, if you're in the market for a new car, visit usnews.com. Um, where we, our staff, um, looks at reviews from across the industry to come up with a consensus review of nearly every new car you can, you can buy or lease. Yeah, it's really a great, uh, a, a great website. I use it a lot. I look at it a lot. Uh, you, uh, Jamie Page, Deaton, a lot of the people that, uh, uh, you know, write for that site are, are longtime automotive people that know exactly what they're doing. Uh, you know, John, before U.S. News World, what, how long did you write for the Oregonian? Uh, about 30 years. Yeah, so uh, if, if a guy knows a Northwest type of vehicle, it's going to be John Vincent. He puts that knowledge into the U.S. News and will report cars. So uh, go search them out and find them as well. John, be well, be safe, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you, Vinny. You too. All right. John Vincent uh, from... Uh, the president of NOAPA, we did a great, uh, they did a great job. Uh, we, I'm part of the group as well, did a great job in putting that event together. And uh, the winners will be announced Monday. So watch our Facebook page, our Twitter feed, and our Instagram account, uh, and mine as well, to uh, get all of the winners. And uh, I got a funny feeling that the Bronco is going to place high up there. All right, quick break here. We'll come back and talk cucumbers. When we uh, when we um, return here on Drive Time Radio. Out of the Ford Pavilion, there's a daydream corner called Mustang. 
the car that dreams are made of. So dream your own Mustang. Take your choice of a six or three V8s. Power steering, power brakes, automatic or standard transmission, dozens of options. But as standard equipment, you get bucket seats, wall-to-wall -wall carpeting, all vinyl upholstery, padded instrument panel, and full wheel covers. Even though Mustang is a dream, its low price is a beautiful reality. Test drive one right now at your Ford dealers in Pleasant Dreams. Alternative Talk 1150. Hey, good, Drive Time Radio, quick move edition of the show this morning. I'm your friendly host, New York Vinny. Don't forget, you can always uh, grab a hold of me on Facebook at... Uh, New York, Vinny Ricci, or Drive Time Radio and Television. We'd be happy to uh, uh, to answer your questions about the show. And it, also, if you are interested in advertising on this show, we'll certainly answer your questions about that as well. We can use sponsors to keep this show on the air. Coming at the little radio speaker every Saturday morning. Um, all right, uh, quickly, a, uh, a favorite part of my show is yo Vinny what are you driving this week ah uh, Nathan the producer picks up we're so simpatico uh, uh, that's Uncle to Nathan to you Uncle Nathan yes sir are you a, are you an are you a, well I guess you wouldn't say it uh, if you weren't a brand new uncle congratulations <laughs> uncle Nathan remember what, how uh, I was saying with? remember how I was saying a couple months ago that I had some exciting news to share right when well, there's your breaking news wow and tell us a little bit about uh, the little um the little package so it's just a little peanut right now but let me uh, pull it up here and uh, the due date's supposed to be sometime in 2022. But yeah, it looks like uh should be arriving in mid January sometime. Oh, uh, you're gonna you're gonna love being an uncle, man. I just had my um two nephews here last week. Uh and um, you know, they they're young, they're five and uh, no six and uh six and four, no, seven and five. And um wow, just uh it's such a joy. I'm and excited for it. Yeah, the great thing about being an uncle is that you can put him back. <laughs> I don't yeah, plan well, to do that I, at all. I plan to teach them baseball or softball, whatever uh, decides to uh, play. And, you know, really looking forward to it. It's going to be my first time. I don't really know what to expect, but I'm looking forward to it. Just treat them with love, baby. That's all you can do. Treat them with love. Exactly. But well, we do have your guest on the line now, so all these little curveballs being thrown out. Uh, you want to do the Yovini real quick or talk to your guest? Yeah, let's do the Yovini real quick. I'm driving a Hyundai Santa Cruz. We talked about a little bit in the segment with John Vincent, a small pickup truck. I've been advocating for this car for a long time. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, Hyundai has put together a pickup truck and a car and come up with a very attractive Great package, fun to drive, lots of room, and uh, you can't go wrong if you're looking for uh, something that can take you to where you need to go and also take some stuff. As I said before, so far, the perfect garage sale car, the Hyundai Santa Cruz. You will love, love, love this car like I do. All right, let's uh, 
head down to Tacoma real quickly. Uh, every year, says ones with uh, uh, COVID, uh, my good friend Mike Bianchi puts on the Cucumber Derby, and he joins us right now. Michael, good morning. How are you, pal? Hey, good morning, Vinny. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm getting pumped up for uh, for cucumber time this evening. Yeah. Hey, Vinny, can can I just talk about a Northwest car real quick? You were just talking about the best cars for the Northwest. Yes, you can. I drive a 1978 Volkswagen bus, and it is an awesome vehicle for the Northwest for camping, oh, yeah. high clearance. You got the the weight right over the rear wheels, so it does good in the snow. Anyway, I just want to throw that. I was listening to you before you guys are talking about those vehicles. I just want to throw that in there for two cents. Well, I'm hoping that, that Volkswagen comes out with the long-talked-about, long-rumored um, new electric Volkswagen bus. I think that thing will be uh, – they'll sell more than they can uh, more than they can make here in the Northwest. I mean, it's, I think that's when it uh, – if and when it ever comes – is uh, going to be an incredible vehicle. So you'll be able to go out and keep your beautiful old one, but also uh, riding comfort in a new electric one. Yeah, and they're, they're saying, I think they've got that one out in Europe already. I think they call it the California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, as we often see, uh, Europe gets the cool cars first, man. We, uh, we have to wait for them a little while, and then they have to decide, which makes you want to move to Europe sometimes if you're a car guy. Uh, let's right. talk about the Cucumber Derby. We're uh, running a little sure. up against the clock here, but sure, sure. Uh, this is an event that you and your friend founded how many years ago? 1988. We moved to the Northwest. Um, my friend Chuck Shot and I, and my, my other friend Tim Malone was also involved in this. But we, uh, we came to, to Tacoma in 1988 uh, as uh, Jesuit volunteers. It's an organization. Like, basically, it's what AmeriCorps is uh, modeled after the, the Jesuits 50 years ago set up this organization um, to give uh, people who just get out of college a way to do a year of service. And um, I graduated from Ohio State. It was Ohio State then. It wasn't the pretentious the Ohio State. Uh-huh. And I came out here and um, joined the, um, the JV community in Tacoma. And um, yeah, and so basically there uh, there are JV communities in all the major cities around the Northwest, Seattle, uh, you know, Spokane, Portland, and um, all of those communities had a reason for uh, volunteers from other communities to go visit them, you know, and bumper shoot, everyone from Yakima and Tacoma and Portland would go up to Seattle and hang out with the, the JVs in Seattle for bumper shoot and uh People would go out to OMAC for the Stampede, or people would go down to Portland for the, the Rose Festival. And Chuck and I thought, well, we need to have some some sort of reason for people to come to Tacoma. So we came up with the idea of the uh, Cucumber Derby. And uh, we haven't done it every year, but almost every year since 1988. Wow. And it's such a fun event. Uh, you, you set up a track outside your house, and people get cucumbers and put axles in them and uh, some more di- aerodynamically uh, carved than others. Uh, but uh, it uh, people young and old race those cucumbers down the slope and uh, there's different heats and different classes. And, uh, but the great thing about it, I think is number one, to watch the cucumbers wilt as they race. But number two, uh, young, old, uh, you know, uh, uh, 
and anybody can get a cucumber, put some wheels on it, and and enter it in this race and have fun with with people of uh, you know either kids or old people or anybody in the middle. Yeah, you know when we first did it, it was just a bunch of you know out right out of college uh, young people and just looking for a goof. And then as we got older, then it was something for our little kids to do. And now our kids aren't so little anymore, but they're still finding an interest in it in you know, kind of a different way. And um, us old farts that have just been doing it for years and years, you know, the fun thing about it, Vinny, is that you always invite somebody new that's never been before. So there's, you know, there's some new excitement almost every year from somebody. And, um, you know, it's just a great way to get some people together. And uh, like you said, we didn't do it last year because of COVID, but uh, we're going to do it this year. And uh, I'm happy to say that the majority of the people I'm probably 100% of the people that I hang out with are all vaccinated. Yeah, they believe in that, and um, I think we're gonna have a good, safe event. And you're gonna you're gonna come down, right? I'm coming down, man. I wouldn't miss this. I don't know if we're gonna have a cucumber, um, but I might. Uh, yeah, I might. Uh, um, I might get a cucumber before the day is over. But uh, either way, yeah, yeah I'm coming down. I, I, if I'm here, I won't. I wouldn't miss this event for the world. So I got extra cucumbers. We got extra wheels. We got axles. We got everything. So if you don't, if you don't have time, we got an extra one here for you. And uh, you, you make hey, my you heart pound, to... Mike. And it'd be good to see. You. I haven't seen you in a long time. It'd be good to see and catch up with you and your and your beautiful family, um, and uh, and and have some fun. So um, I will. Uh, I will see you this afternoon. I appreciate you jumping on for a couple of minutes. By the way, what's the fastest um, time? Uh, that uh, that the cucumber has ever traveled down your course. Do you have a time? We don't have a time. You know, maybe we'll do that this year. Maybe we'll we'll start putting some clocks on these guys. So yeah, we need to get hey. get this stuff in the record book so that the next generation uh, can aspire to uh, uh, to design their cucumbers so that uh, that they can beat the old times. I think that's a good idea. Maybe we need to start doing that. I'm a world of good ideas, Mike. Just a world of good ideas. My friend, I'll see you later. Thanks for jumping on, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, Vinny. See you. Bye. All right, Mike Bianchi and the Cucumber Derby. If you go on YouTube and you go to my page on YouTube at Golden V Media, uh, I did a film about it several years ago about the Cucumber Derby, and it's on a short film uh, just, to, um, just to kind of hip you up as to what is happening. All right, uh, almost time to get out of here. Uh, I did want to, we didn't do a cartoon this morning, but I just wanted to spend a minute uh, to reflect and and just think about uh, those who lost their lives 20 years ago uh, this date and the people who have lost their lives because of what happened on this date. Uh, hopefully we will never, ever forget what happened on this day. And I'd just like to take uh, 30 seconds here to uh, not talk and think. May their memories uh, forever be a blessing to uh, all of us and an inspiration to all of us. And please uh, be safe and remember what this country uh, is truly about. That'll do it for us.
Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Nathan. We'll be back with a regular car review and everything next week. Until then, have fun. If you see me on the street, say hello. Listen to Mikey and Vinny Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Facebook Live. And uh, stay well. We'll see you next week if the Lord's willing. And the creek don't rise. Have a good week.